You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. It is episode 349 of Bride Chiller. I'm Alicia, your host with the most, and I'm excited about today's episode because it is jam-packed with truth bombs, just how I like it. I read recently that we receive, and I say receive, uh, up to 7,000, maybe 10, maybe a million, who knows? No, it was actually 7,000 advertising images every day. That means we're swiping on our phones, we're seeing billboards, there are things on the train. There is so much information being sent our way. And when it comes to skincare and our skin health, there is a lot of misinformation. And especially when you get engaged, I don't know if you've noticed this too, and I've talked about this before, the idea that you hit engaged on Facebook and then you suddenly are served all these ads about improving yourself, about changing, about looking different. And I do think that the skincare and beauty industry has a lot to answer for some of the information that they share with us. Now, this could be through magazines, it could be through blogs, it could be through advertising. There's a lot of stuff out there that isn't necessarily true or makes us feel bad. So I wanted to explore this topic a little deeper and go into some of the skincare myths, some of the details that we maybe believe to be true when actually it's a big pile of steaming horseshit. I'm delighted that I found a truth bomb dropper. <laughs> she could put that on a resume now. Lovely Sarah Brown from Pie Skin Care. It's an organic brand uh, based in London. Sarah developed it. She'll tell you all about it. She developed it herself out of her own personal needs and frustration from dealing with the industry. So here it is. I'm very excited to share. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on Bride Chiller. I know we have a lot to talk about in this week's episode, but I wanted to get you to just introduce how you started the business and uh, how we come to be talking today. So, well, it's a, it's a long story, but, but to start off, for people who don't know about Pi, we, we are here to help people with their difficult skin. And ultimately, hopefully, to make them feel good about it again. And that is our really simple mission. And, and difficult can mean anything. So it can mean just mildly sensitive, just generally a bit lackluster and annoying or unpredictable. It can mean anything. Um, and I, yeah, I started the business out of a really chilly garage in Ealing Broadway in West London. Absolutely no money. Well, I had some money, but not nearly enough, it turns out. And I had a, a, a hand whisk um, and no idea of how to run a business and no idea about cosmetic chemistry or anything like that. So an impressive level of naivety. However, however you're right. I did have a really um, I had a real fire in my belly, actually, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, a very clear vision. And that was really this point about helping people. And, and that far in the belly came from my own experiences of living with and trying, um, uh, not very successfully to manage a, a quite a difficult skin condition, um, called urticaria. Many of your listeners will have heard of it. It is actually very common on wedding days. There you go, because it's very linked to heat and stress and all of those things. Um, and often when we drink, so a lot of people you will know have urticaria because they'll flush when they drink and it's 
It's a form of urticaria, but there's many. But I had sort of, I woke up one night with it all over my body. So it hides over 80% of my skin. I um, was in and out of Charing Cross Hospital. And, and yes, it was that that one night changed my life forever. So, yeah, I was plunged into this kind of abyss of trying to understand medical treatments of skin and then ultimately having to kind of navigate a beauty industry that I didn't really understand. And it was, if I'm honest, a complete minefield and a fault that I took many years to find my way through. Um, and I think it's, you know, whatever your skin type, it can be really challenging. And even particularly before a wedding is trying to kind of work out what your skin actually needs and what it doesn't. So, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to help people who kind of were in, the, I guess, a bit in a bit of a skin rut and help them sort of navigate through the all that misinformation and all those myths that you talked about um, in, in a kind and empathetic way, but also with some beautiful organic ingredients that I you know, really passionately believe in now and, and that had such a transformative effect on my own skin. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that's the story in a little nutshell. So, Sarah, obviously all of the stuff that you, all of the stuff that's very professional of me, all of the things that you, ingredients that you include in your products are natural. And I think starting off with our skincare-busting myths, the word natural is used a lot. Let's talk a little bit about ingredients and what is necessary to put in skincare products and what is extra shit that a lot of companies put in and pretend they're natural. Wow. What a question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be a whole podcast on its own. Um, I, I mean, it's a, I'm really glad you've raised it because it is one of the things that propelled me to do this business because I felt so infuriated as a customer consumer with, with a skin issue that I yep. was trying fix trying to read ingredient lists and trying to to kind of navigate navigate lists and, and work out this kind of natural conundrum and it is often a complete load of baloney i'll be honest that this natural is overused and in even the word organic is often misused as well and the issue is is that you know if you go to a shop and you want to buy a liter of organic milk if it says organic on it, it is organic. It yep. has to be. And, and the, you know, the farming standards decree that you can't write the word organic on your pack if it isn't. And there's all sorts of traceability and, and stuff that has to be done, which is good. Sadly, in beauty, it's not the case. So actually, if you could go into a shop and buy an organic moisturizer and it could have 0% organic ingredients, and that is shocking and people don't realize and not enough people realize and I get on my soapbox all the time about it, but it is a big issue and it is something that shocked me as a customer. And, you know, one of the things that you know, I mentioned was that when you actually get true natural products, and when I say you know, truly natural, so grown in really clean soil and harvested very well and extracted very carefully and stored well, you know, really properly organic ingredient, that ingredient has magical powers. Honestly, I've experienced it on my own extremely challenging skin. They have magical powers, really incredible remedial properties. Um, and so that was what drove me to, to, to move to an organic, um, to, to produce, you know, really organic products. But as I say, there's so much greenwashing and lots of companies claiming to be natural and organic. So you, the best way, if you can't read an ingredients list, who can? <laughs> uh, 
it is hard, but there's lots of tools online and stuff, but it is hard, um, is to really look for a symbol. So you want to look for one of the kite marks, like if you're in the UK, that might be the Soil Association. If you're in the US, it might be the USDA, Organic Standard, or Europe, EcoCert, whatever. There's lots of different standards, but you want to look for a legitimate and properly third-party organic farming standard. Um, or cosmetic standards and that kite mark is literally a kite mark of quality and means you're getting what you think you're getting that's such such good advice though as well because I think a lot of the time you feel overwhelmed you know you walk into a department store or a pharmacy and you look at all the stuff that's available and as you said it's like when you're buying food you flip it over and you look at all the ingredients you're like oh my god I don't know if any of this stuff's good for me I don't know if it's bad if there are additives are they there because it's helping keep the product alive or is it additional stuff that's going to make me sick or worse or whatever it it can be incredibly overwhelming and, and we are just as we were sort of saying at the top of the show bombarded with information about skincare and a lot of it it's very hard to know what is good for you and what's just advertising rubbish and particularly i think if you're someone that that has sensitivity and that is about half of us yeah you know people think oh it's a very niche business you run and i'm like no it isn't (laughs) people have challenging skin whether whatever it might be but sensitivity is so high now and if you have sensitive skin you do need to know what's in the product um, and there's lots of, you know, and I always say to people that the kind of trick to, to really having lovely, radiant, glowy skin is to really know your skin. Yeah. And the way you can know your skin is to know what it likes and what it doesn't. And the only way to know that is to, to keep a skin diary for a little while. And, and you, you, it's an incredible thing to do because you become really informed and you find out all these sort of amazing things about your skin that you never knew. Well, let's talk about that. How do we keep a skin diary? And what does that mean? What am I, dear diary, today my skin was a bit sad. <laughs> Was it that sort of skin diary? <laughs> Bang on the money there. Ellie. So, yeah, so I, I mean, I had to do this and I did it for different reasons. I hit a brick wall and I had to do something. I was in a desperate state because my skin was so unmanageable, so erratic. And lots of people feel like that. And, and what I, yeah, I sort of reached the end and thought, okay, I need to understand this better. Um, and so what I did was I just kept a diary, just a general diary, but I, I documented what I was eating whether I was having a rubbish day, whether I'd slept well, whether I felt whether my immune system was good or strong or bad or I've had a cold, um, and then on the products I was using. And if you can remember at this time I had I developed this condition overnight, so I suddenly couldn't use anything. So I I was in this period of testing where I'd put something in my skin and it would automatically sort of puff. So I I would get a very immediate response. But for others it might be just that it, it your skin might just not respond that well it might you might get a little bit of prickliness or it just might not look particularly good um or radiant or or it might look dull so you're just documenting that really and what you'll find is all sorts of things that that you'll start to see i guess that that your skin is is an organ and and it's such a cliche but people do forget it and so factors like if you're really really stressed at work or really stressed about your wedding your skin is going to be affected Mm. and equally if you're eating a load of you know takeaways and and you're or you're run down you've got a cold your skin's going to suffer and i think one of the sort of doing this diary really helps demonstrate that to you and i found out all sorts of weird things like tomatoes i can't i'm not very good with tomatoes oh no they're so delicious so delicious I and mean, I still eat them but it's one of those things and it's like wine my other one was wine so I was working in the wine industry in California 
And lo and behold, one of my triggers for my skin rashes and basic erraticness was wine. So I was allergic to my job. So that was quite an important thing to find out. Um, That's very sad. That's so sad. Also, I still drink wine. So (laughs) my life isn't miserable. I still eat tomatoes and drink wine. But the important thing of that is that I do it from an informed position. So I know, oh, I might, you know, feel a bit itchy or I might, you know, flare a bit, but you feel in control. Mm. That is what this is about. And that's what we're about as a brand, as a business. We're helping people take some of that control back over their skin and just understand it. And if you understand it, that is the path to to happy skin and healthy skin and radiant skin. So, yeah, so you just document your life. And actually, it sounds really easy, but it's actually really, really hard. (laughs) And I did it about three times because I kept forgetting, you know, (laughs) about that chocolate bar I'd eaten. But when you do it, you do. You do find these things. And for me, you know, tomatoes is a great example. I could, could, if I cooked them, much better. So Interesting. Yeah, little nuggets. You'll get little nuggets. But whatever your skin type, I think it's an amazing really empowering thing to do because you'll start to buy products from a much more informed position um and you'll yeah and and it is a it's a really good path to skin skin glowiness yes well and empower like you said it's about empowering yourself with the knowledge to then make the right decisions as a consumer as well and not just going you know like i said about going to a department store and there's every is a, a a lady or a gent at each sort of various counter and they've all got a pitch to give you. And no doubt some of these pitches are are great and will work for you, but when you don't really know what your skin and your body is saying it needs and then someone else is telling you what it needs, it can be quite hard to know who's telling the truth and who's just making a great commission. Yeah, and also, I mean, I think if we're all honest, everyone's skin is different and I don't think anyone behind a counter could ever know what your skin type is Mm. or what Really. And I think we, in the industry, we sort of fell into this weird classification of skin into kind of four classes of normal, dry, oily combination or sensitive. And even if you just take sensitive on its own, that's like a billion skin types. Oh my God, yeah. So it's kind of daft. And I, what we find a lot is people will say, well, I went to a facialist or I went to the department store and I was told I had dehydrated skin. And I hear that word, dehydrated skin, every single time. And I just laugh now and I go, really, really? Let me guess. <laughs> so moisturizer. Um, and actually, what, one of the interesting things about skin is, is that we can, it's very easy then to misdiagnose your skin. And that can lead to, it can be, um, it's a real pitfall because if you believe your skin is dry uh, or you've been told your skin is dry, you'll go out and buy all these products for dry skin where your skin might not be dry at all. And actually then you you're doing a little, not damage, but you're you're not fueling your skin in the right way. Um, and one of the reasons people do that is because of cleansing. So if they haven't got their cleansing right, you know, a lot of cleansers strip strip the skin, and so your skin overproduces oil, mm. compensates, um, it changes the pH. So you get sort of mixed signals. So your skin might, you know, to an outside observer, appear dehydrated, but it might not be at all. It might be that you're just it might be something else. So that comes back to yeah, cleansing well and keeping a diary, and then you start to you start to form a picture of what your skin actually is. And I would say, you know, I didn't come from the beauty industry, so I came from actually quite a good position of of kind of tearing up the rule book and saying there are no rules, there are no rules. You use the products as you want to use them. Um, I personally don't believe in cleansing twice a day. I believe in cleansing once a day, but it's up to you. And you listen to your skin and listen to its needs, and you're 
you are the best person um, and best place to take those decisions about your skin and, and, and yeah, have trust in yourself and, and faith because you know best. I agree. Now, uh, I will say actually just as a side note, I noticed with my skin that just before my period, like a week before, I get really oily skin and scalp. And that's something I think also as I'm getting older and my hormones are changing. So I think if I went to a dermatologist or I went and had a facial and had someone assess my skin, you know, two weeks in a different either side, it would be completely different because then my skin gets dry. But then sometimes it's like a leachy old oily rag. It's disgusting. I doubt that. But, anyway. <laughs> but sometimes I touch. I used to wear a heavy fringe. I had bangs. And um, you'd always sort of know because the fringe is good, but then you go, oh, the fringe is oily today. So you'd have to do a bit of a quick shampoo or use a bit of a dry shampoo to cover up that oily forehead. Um, I've always wondered about a fringe. I've, well, I've attempted many times, but I've, oh. had, I've had that, you know, quandary. It's hard. Look, I, I like a fringe. I, I think it's good as you age because you feel a little bit old. You cut a fringe and it just covers up all of the wrinkles. But um, I'm in a growing out stage now, Sarah, so I haven't got the fringe. But then in no doubt in a couple of months I'll get shitty and I'll cut it again. So um, <laughs> it's a cycle. And then I'm like, oh, i got to grow this thing out. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. <laughs> Now, let's let's continue with our myths because I think you are the perfect person to speak to about this. And especially in the lead up to weddings, there's so much advertising and people are being told a whole lot of different things. So I just think it's great to be able to have an honest conversation about what we can do and not making any sort of dramatic moves. I suppose this should be our next point. If you are considering starting a skincare regime, as I would say, if you're going to make changes, let's talk about that because we don't want to be freaking our skin out in a, a sort of dramatic way too close to a wedding or an event time I'm assuming correct so if you if your skin is in a nice groove just because you've got a wedding coming up don't feel oh I must I must have a new skincare routine I must have a new regime because you know I'm spending everywhere else why not spend on my skin too right you don't need to do that if your skin if you're lucky enough to have um, a really good routine and your skin is happy and um, clear and, ha- and don't change what's working mm. things first if you just feel not happy with your skin um, and you do want it to be better ahead of your wedding the time to think about it is about three months before not three days or three weeks um, and the number of times we have customers calling us up really quite distressed because their wedding is in a few weeks and they've had a facial oh, often, dear. often on their hen weekends and it's caused huge breakouts or caused um, a lot of a sort of irritation. And I think, again, for us sensitive souls, but the, the you know some facials can be really stimulating um, and just too much for our skin. And you're applying all these products that are being sort of pounded into your skin. And if your skin doesn't like those products and you've never used them before, that's a lot for it to get its head around. So, yeah, I would say... Um, if you do want to change, do it three months before. Get your skin into a nice routine. Less is more. So don't go into kind of kitchen sink syndrome. I'm getting married. I have to try lots of different masks and blah, 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 blah. Do not do that. I, I believe, and I believe this at any time of your life, not just for wedding, is to get the building blocks right. So you need a few really good quality products in your life, and cleansing is the big one, and get that sort of sussed. And then if you want to add things in, like an eye cream or an occasional mask, or it, build on it. But go really simple. Go back to basics and get into that nice sort of, as I say, that groove. 
um, yeah, and don't and don't sort of try a lot and introduce lots and lots of different things. Yeah, I love that you made the point about going on a hen's day or a bachelorette's day and it's lovely if your bridesmaids and your lady crew and guy crew say, hey, let's have a facial, let's have a great time. But just do your research and don't feel conned into anything. Not that they're cons, that's the wrong word. That was a wrong word. My beautician friends, that's a wrong word. But if, if you feel like you, you know, you're obliged to go along but you know you've got sensitive skin, well, just tell them. Say, I've got just sensitive skin. Or just have a massage. Yes. It's way more for you because it's going to chill you out and make you feel, you know, yeah. So I would I would always have a massage on a, yeah, on a bachelorette or hen, hen weekend over a facial or and definitely not an extraction. So, oh, my God. What's that yeah, mean? What is that? Extraction. It's not teeth. Don't worry. It's blackheads. <laughs> Not talking about teeth extractions, we're talking about blackhead extractions. Oh. Sometimes oh. facials, yeah, sometimes they'll offer you an extraction in a facial, which is basically just getting the blackheads out. Do not have one if you've got a wedding that's imminent. Do not uh, on any account. So, yes, just be cautious and, yeah, just get, get into And I think the big, if I, if you take, you know, business take one thing away from this, and I say this to everybody, I'm a huge believer in getting your cleansing right. It's the, and it's for anyone because most of us don't cleanse well and we're using the wrong products and it could be wipes that have loads of alcohol in them and it's not good for the skin or it could be anything that foams. Big no-no for the skin. Whatever your skin, not good because it upsets all of your skin's natural pH, strips all the oil away so if you've got dry skin your skin is going to really struggle to replace it and you're sort of almost prematurely aging your skin but if you've got oily skin you're going to take that oil away and it's going to overproduce and that's when you get that sort of congestion you know that sort of bumpiness under the skin oh yeah um and so yes cleansing is the thing we start every customer on and, and it is that you know we get a lot of customers calling us up saying help I need help. Which moisturiser do I use? And I think it's just an assumption, and it's just been drummed into us that the moisturiser is the fix. It's almost never the fix, and we always say, let's just get you cleansing with a nice, natural, no detergent um, cleanser. Very, very gentle. And we send people away for a month, and then we come back. And then we can assess their skin because we know that it's sort of in balance again, and we can see, okay, no, you haven't got dehydrated skin. Actually, you've got quite a normal complexion. And then we can work on that. But it's the cleansing that is, it's the kind of holy grail, I think. If you get the cleansing right, um, it's amazing how quickly the rest falls into place. So, yeah, for, for pending brides, I think, yeah, get get your cleansing. That's the thing to focus on. And for the love of God, remove your makeup at night. I don't care how drunk you are or how tired. For fuck's sake, take the makeup off. I don't know. I'm Not, really passionate, Sarah, about this. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> it's true, though. It's two things that your mother tells you. Remove your makeup and don't squeeze your spots. And oh. that's one. Do not prod and squeeze because it just pushes the infection further down. Oh, God, I'm, such a, I'm so bad at that. I know. So it's much more scar, though. Oh. So, so you have to resist the temptation, and it is impossible, I know. But honestly, your mum is right. Listen to her. She knows. So, yes, squeezing spots and not taking makeup off. Um, Sarah, I've I've got a confession. I love Dr. Pimple Popper videos. Now, I know she's a qualified dermatologist and she's, you know, people are there to get some serious 
lumps and bumps and cysts removed. That's but I professionals to do it. Yes, I'm mesmerised by those videos. Dirty nails and you know your fingernails and yeah, that's not good. I deeply regret not becoming a dermatologist to be able to squeeze other people's. <laughs> really? Yes. Actually, no, actually, no, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's something. Some people like to, I don't know. I don't know what other hobbies, but I could watch those things all day. Rich, my husband, is like sitting in bed sometimes. I'll watch them and he's like, uh, uh, and I'm just like, it's amazing. <laughs> Not sexual. Uh, after the break, Sarah, I would love to have a chat with you, uh, continue our conversation, I should say, about some of the beauty-busting myths. And also the myth that I'm really keen to hear your answer about is the higher the level of cost of skincare, is it better for you or can we go for a medium slash lower range and still have the same results? This is the Bride Chiller podcast. I'm talking to the lovely Sarah Brown from Pie Skin Care and we will be continuing the conversation after this short break. Sarah, if you spend a lot of money, is it better for your skin? No. Short, <laughs> short answer. However, I will say that organic ingredients cost a bomb. Yeah. So, you know, and to give you some flavor to that, so rose essential oil, you buy it organically, you can be looking at you know, six, seven thousand pounds a kilo is a lot of money compared to, I mean, less than half of that for non-organic. We pay a huge premium for our ingredients. And so there's a certain point where you actually, we just can't produce it and be profitable over a certain amount. So we're, I would say we're premium priced. We're not luxury. And we wouldn't ever be able to do a budget line. It just would be impossible because we couldn't put the ingredients in that we want to put in. So that's for certified organic. But do certified organic moisturizers have to cost £300? In my opinion, no. No. Does that help? Yes, it does. And I do think, it, look, I, I'm of the belief that you, you get what you pay for in, in so many aspects of consumer sort of behaviors and what we buy. So I do think there's an element of obviously supporting. But then, you know, there are a lot of very high-end designer, you know, your Givenchy's and your Chanel's, and you go, is that stuff really you know worth the coin or are they just using their brand to maybe drive up the prices i don't know who am i to answer that question i would say go back to that kite mark point about look for an organic if you're interested in buying natural and and true natural um look for those kite marks because what you don't want to do is think you're paying a premium for natural and not actually be getting natural yeah I have a big issue with that. that that is sort of as i say what really propelled me to do this but i think that's a common issue which is companies no names but um yeah purporting to be natural and not being i think is a, is a much bigger issue well it's a super con and you feel ripped off if you learnt that and i think um you know there's a lot of the same with food and i think you go back to the idea that you know you can as you said track the food because it's the law but also it's it seems to be an area that they need to be working on finding out that finding a way to be able to convey this information and stop yeah. the shysters, I suppose, which I'm sure is something you're very passionate about in your industry because right. you follow the rules. Yes. And then really it's good, you know, it's really, really strict rules. It's a real gold standard. Um, and, you know, we get audited every year and it's a whole day and they just randomly pick ingredients and say, show us where this has come from, show us which products it's gone into and we have to do a complete traceability audit. So it's good. The rules are there um, and they are tough. But it does mean you'll get what you're 
what you think you're getting. Let's talk a little bit about anti-aging and the potential myths behind some of this anti-aging. And I put that voice on because I think there's a lot of bullshit attached to it. Let's uh, let's break down what anti-aging is. Is it real? Can we physically turn back the clock? Or should we just go and become real housewives and fill our faces with Botox and fillers? So um, <laughs> I might not be the right person to ask about this because I have such strong views on this. Let's go. I'm open. Let's, Let's go. go. Okay. So <laughs> anti-aging is a term that is banned from our office. Good. It has been from the outset. You will never find the words anti-aging anywhere on our website, in any blog we've written ever. And it's drummed into my team because it is an awful, awful two words. And it's really interesting about sort of seven, eight years ago, I just, I, as I said, I didn't come from the beauty industry. And when I came into this industry, I... I found it really sort of archaic that we were talking about ageing in this way. And it felt really anti-feminist. Yeah. Yeah, just sort of really counterintuitive. And particularly as women in the industry talking to other women to say, you know, we have to fight the passing of time and and that wrinkles are a bad thing. And I just found it extraordinary because my my belief is that getting older is an absolute privilege. Mm Mm-hmm. And it brings wonderful things like confidence. And so to be saying that you're only beautiful if you are youthful and look youthful is awful. And, you know, for a long time we were airbrushing models um, and airbrushing away those wrinkles. And for me, that was equivalent to kind of the size zero debate in fashion. I just thought, why are we putting out these completely ridiculous, unattainable, images of skin that looks like velvet yeah in a woman that's 70 right why are we even doing that so so and particularly to push this anti-aging message and i i will never forget i um bought about 10 of our customers into a room and i showed them pictures of ads um promoting anti-aging products Uh and i said how do you feel about it and my goodness it was a barrage of I, I was really shocked at the response and it was like I was giving these people an outlet <laughs> and they vented and said it's insulting and I thought wow okay I agree and that's really I'm really pleased that you're saying that but it, I thought gosh we as an industry we need to wake up um, and we came out you know a long time ago with an, a kind of a whole campaign around confidence and age confidence and and that's what we call our our range for mature skin and I you know I also remember that this meeting a, a distributor in America this is about yeah seven eight years ago and talking to her about my views on anti-aging and how did that go <laughs> it, was, it was really uh, I, I'll never forget it because she just looked at me and in a slightly patronizing way said I have two words for you and I said what are they and she said commercial suicide <gasps> I said okay well that's interesting and and but you know hindsight's a wonderful thing i look back now i actually never got my business and look who look who was right you know yeah. look who's whose view now looks very outdated and flawed and and the industry i'm pleased to say has completely kind of metamorphosized and in, in the right direction about celebrating aging women and i always you know i love the, the very famous quote by audrey hepburn who said i think she was um doing some relief work in africa and a photographer took a picture and said something like, well, don't worry, Audrey, we'll, we'll airbrush, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
And she said, don't, don't airbrush a single wrinkle. I've earned every single one. Good and, I, and I love that quote. And it is, you know, as women, we should be celebrating passage of time because it does bring confidence. And and confidence is what makes us beautiful. And it's a wonderful thing. So, yeah, so I have... I don't even know if I've answered your question, Alicia. No, but... you have. And, and I, I want to say that, I, you know, we don't talk about men and anti-aging. The men, the, they don't get hit with that sort of stuff. And I think there's a huge, obviously, in so much of our society, an imbalance in the expectations that women can't be seen as, you know, if, if you are George Clooney, Silver Fox, you know, you, you should be embracing that you look a bit rugged and handsome and God forbid we have some crow's feet and they're called crow's feet for fuck's sake. It's not even like a nice thing. They're like, ah, crow's feet. It's just so negative and it, it's constantly chipping it away at, why we aren't good enough and why we are, you know, you get to a certain point, then you just over the edge. And I find it, I'm so happy you said that because I find it all such nonsense, but also completely unfair for um, us to be having to deal with this shit when our counterparts, the men, don't have to deal with any of it. It's just completely archaic and it's unmodern. It's just, yeah, it's medieval nonsense. <laughs> it is, it's absurd. I, I want to add that you know the one thing we talk about mothers and parents and I coming from Australia where we're a very sun heavy country SPF wearing an SPF I have worn it an SPF every day I think and even actually in London as well I just am very pro looking after our skin and not being putting yourself in the position like sunbeds and doing all that sort of stuff that cannot be good for you from a health point of view anyway no but there is a balance here because I do think that actually a lot of women are quite vitamin um, D deficient yes of course so actually it's, there is a slight balance there of you do want some sun exposure but you want to do it in the, in the right way just don't cook just don't cook and wear a hat. Yes, actually, that's interesting. There were some. There were in Australia. There were. Uh, um, this is. I've, I haven't lived in Australia for nearly five years, but just before we left, I remember there was a story about kids because we became very aware of putting kids out in at lunchtime and stuff, and they had to wear hats, which was fine, especially in the middle of summer. But they were also wearing these long sun shirts. And there were some kids that were getting such little exposure to the sun because everyone's become so paranoid that we're all going to have skin cancer that they were suffering from vitamin D deficiencies because they weren't yeah. seeing the sun. And that was in Australia. So I agree. And I, there's something quite nice about the lying sensibly in the yeah. sun and feeling that warm. Yeah. Oh, it's like it feeds your body. It's one of life's great pleasures, and it's why when spring comes after a long winter and you feel that sun in your face, it's one of the most amazing feelings it's so, delicious yeah, it is it's completely delicious and i think it yeah we, we need it we, we need it um but there's a responsible way to do it and as someone who has you know really sensitive skin i've struggled with spf for a long time mm. um so actually for some people spf can be a real challenge and that's where hats become very helpful and and just you know i would always say just staying out of the the rays and the kind of midday heats is the in the UK is the, the thing. If you live in Australia, it's a bit different. Yes, as Aussies, you know what to do. Yes. <laughs> now, before we go, I wanted to just mention you, you shared some gorgeous products with me and I'm very grateful and I've been enjoying using them. And the one product I wanted to really call out for its awesomeness is something I wasn't expecting. Well, I, I didn't really understand how it worked and I want you to maybe share with the audience because I feel like a lot of bride chillers may find this very valuable and that is 
your rosehip oil and it wasn't something I was expecting to put oil on my skin that is slightly oily anyway, but gee whiz, I've enjoyed using it. Let's, if we're going to plug anything, can we please plug this amazing product? Because I think it's a game changer. It is. It's a, it's so it, I always get asked, what's my desert island product? Yeah. It is that product. And it, I feel passionately it's one product that every woman and man needs in their bathroom cabinet because yeah. it is such a true hero, a multitasker. But it's, yeah, I mean, going back to Magical Powers, this is the one. And it sort of has all four, well, it has all four omegas in it carotenoids it just it feeds the skin but you need hardly any so yeah, you, tiny amount three or four drops and be i think people particularly with oily skin think oh oil it's different it's not this isn't an oil as you know it and it's once it's on it's quite a dry oil and if you use it properly you don't need very much and you just pat it into damp skin and you use it at night and that's all you need so you cleanse really well with no detergent no foam and then afterwards, you just pat just a few drops, and that's all you need. And it does just remarkable things. We've just seen such great results in customers. And yeah, great for acne scars, great if your skin just needs feeding, great after sun, actually, for, for repairing damage. It, it works in so many different ways. But I think it, what I love about it is it really encapsulates what we do. And we're really passionate about ingredients. But we don't dilute this. We don't add fragrance. We just let the rosehip do its job. It's just pure rosehip and we extract it very, very well. And it's highly concentrated, but we, it sings on the skin and it, it really does. Um, and you get very instant results. So I think, you know, as a product to put into your mix, pre-wedding um this is the one yeah i would highly recommend and um i've delighted in using it and i keep like i'm i'm using it as you said it's just a couple of drops every sort of two like i'm using it maybe twice a week now and i've been putting a little bit of my moisturizer as well if in between and it's just i really look forward to using it and then feeling my skin in the morning going oh how delicious yeah, it's nature at its best. It's got a very natural aroma, and some, you know, some of our products have essential oils and, and have a sweeter, more floral aroma. This doesn't. This has a herbaceous rosehip, true rosehip aroma. Um, but I love it. I just love it. It's yeah, nature at its best, and because I know what it's doing, I yeah, it's marvelous. Bloody congratulations to you for coming up with something that solved a problem of your own, but also is spreading this this amazing product all over the world. I'm always delighted to meet fellow female entrepreneurs and just people that are kicking ass. So it's it's really great to have a chat with you and and share your knowledge as well with our lovely bride chiller community, Sarah. And Sarah, can we, if people, I've got a lot of listeners in Australia and the states as well as uh, the United Kingdom and Canada. I'm not going to just name the countries now. They're listening listeners everywhere can <laughs> can where can people get in touch with you learn more about your product and also uh, empower themselves with knowledge because your website's full of a bunch of information as well but can people order from overseas how does it all work yeah so we have a lot of wonderful stockists in all of those countries that you've just listed great um and and some big names that that you will they will know um, but the easiest thing, if you want to find that um, where your nearest stock is, is, you can go on our website or you can buy from us online. So we ship all over the world. You can buy in your local currency. Um, and the best thing, yeah, pieskincare.com, uh, spelled P-A-I. Yeah, we also, if you just want advice, you know, we have an amazing customer service team. They are been with us years and they really get skin and they understand 
I guess the kind of empathy piece, if, if you're just in a, you know, a bit of a maze and you just want some advice, you know, no obligation to buy, just pick up the phone and or go on instant chat or however you want to communicate with us. But they are brilliant and will give you, yeah, really impartial, holistic advice. I love it. And that's why, I mean, you're genuine and honest and I really like that about your brand and you too. And thank you for being a good sport and putting up with my swearing and telling the <laughs> truth. Dropping some fucking truth bombs, Sarah, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. <laughs> well, happy days to you and happy days all our lovely Ride Chillers. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.